So we are live. Uh, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Truth Serum. If this is your first time joining, thank you for being here. I hope that you um, add us to your library of content. Please follow the channels, share, like, do whatever it is that you do. Um, we're trying to grow the show. We want to create an awareness. We want to give uh, people of color um, a platform so that they can share their perspectives without being tainted by political parties, corporations, and organizations. Here we have honest conversations from the realest place, and um, we create opportunities and avenues for people who look like us unapologetically. Um, if you've already subscribed to the channel, thank you for your support. And as always, we continue to ask you to please like and share the content as we are here. Um, today, we're going to have a special conversation. We talked about this uh, last show. We touched on it because Gata was here and we talked about the intersection of Latinidad and um, and being Black. Um, and it, it's so funny because in our communities, the word Black sometimes seems like something people whisper when they descri describe someone. They'll say, eh, negro. And it's not a bad word. Black is beautiful. Latinos come in a full range on the spectrum. We come from the whitest of the white to the blackest of the black, everything in between. We're indigenous. We're African. We are here. We're not going anywhere. So I've invited three of my friends to come have this conversation with me who have been very instrumental and creating awareness about who we are on social media platforms and whatever platforms they take hold of, they show up and show you that we are not always uh, maids. We're not always uh, <laughs> uh, in subordinate positions to white people. We are a force, and um, I want to I want to just introduce you to them. So my friends are here: Julissa Calderon from Hentified. Hi, you guys. You know him from uh, BuzzFeed's Better Life, also Instagram, very, very uh, vocal. They are all very vocal on social media. Gadiel, how are you? Que lo que. Que lo que. Very Dominican. <laughs> and uh, you know her from Instagram. She has a new show called Share Like Dimelo. And also, she does stand-up comedy along with Gadiel. And Julissa's show just got renewed for a second season, Hentified. So. We shall be. Very excited. <laughs> So the, the funny thing is that you, you have um, four people of Dominican descent here. So you are going to hear the real and the funny. And then you're going to mm -hmm. hear the old people in us. Because when we start speaking Spanish, you, we turn into old uh, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. <laughs> but I want to just start with uh, the conversation. Um, I want to ask each of you, what does Afro-Latino mean to you? And so I'm going to start with you, Julissa, and, and then we're going to go around. Afro-Latinidad means, to me, it's uh, embracing everything that I am and where I come from. Like you said earlier, is we always, uh, we, we like, we when we talk about negro or being negra, you like whisper it. For me, Afro-Latinidad is embracing everything. It's embracing the melanin. It's embracing the kink. It's embracing esta nariz, labio. To me, Afro-Latinidad is actually owning who I am and being proud of that shit, regardless of of, of the other stuff, right? Because it's, we, we do know where we come from, Taino blood. Okay, great. And we do know we have Urupeo in us. Great, 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 great. But Afro-Latinidad is embracing the shit that people don't ever want to talk about or embrace, especially in our Latin American countries. Gabriel? Dímelo. Para mí, Afro-Latinidad is more like, uh, exactly what Julissa said. 
you know, it's a, it, this term is so, for us to take back our identity, to identify ourselves for so long, people didn't know that we existed, even though we created half, every, every, all the music out there, que, que Latino music, vino de lo negro. But everybody's like, coño, como tu sabes hablar español y tu eres negro? Because I'm Latino, son. So it's a way for us to be like, yo, we here, you know, see us, hear us, and let's talk about, and, and for us to also wake up and embrace our African side. It's basically saying, somos Latino, pero también somos negro. Sasha. Um, it's pretty much what everyone's saying, but also culture, because it's like just tapping into what Gabriel was saying. It's like, you know, merengue, bachata, like even those, that type of music, it came from African and, and us listening to Los Palos. Like, how can, how can you like not think that we, don't have ancestries in in Africa when we be listening to Los Palos all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it, that is is knowing that and 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 knowing your culture, and embracing that, mm -hmm. and not being afraid to say that you are Afro Latino and not be afraid to be like, well, <laughs> I'm black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not being afraid, being unapologetically yourself. I think that that's what Afro Latino means to me. You know, it's funny, when we talk about Afro-Latinidad, there's a spectrum within Blackness even, right? And so we did a video for Pero Like and um, Amara La Negra uh, made a comment on my video saying that no one who looked like her was in the video. And it didn't dawn on me. I, I mean, I was like, yo, I didn't produce the video. I was in it. Yeah. Um, thanks for, you know, putting me on blast <laughs> because mm -hmm. I just thought that it was interesting that even within the Afro-Latino spectrum, because now some of the darker hued Black people within the, the Afro-Latino spectrum feel like some Latinos who are not Afro-Latino are trying to appropriate the Afro-Latinidad and trying to co or co-op it. And I wanted mm -hmm. to how you felt about that because even with me some people have said to me that i don't have the right to call myself afro latina because of my complexion or because of the texture of my hair and i was like when when you think about when you study blackness within the american african-american uh, spectrum people like sally richardson or uh Quincy Jones's daughters kadada jones or hallie oh, Berry, they don't get to say that they're not black Right, because that mm -hmm. in America they are black, but it was interesting to me to hear that within Afro Latinidad, it was it became something about within the about colorism. So I know Sasha that you made a video when you were talking about it within this this moment that you had a discovery, uh, that you discovered that you were black and you were like yo like it was it was a moment for you and you actually made a video and talked about it. So I wanted you to share your Experience about that discovery. So when you live in New York City, you know, you come out and um, everyone that looks like you and talks like you is around your vicinity, right? So you don't see anybody, um, everybody that looks like you is Dominican, right? So, and then, and then you have the American white and then you have the African-American culture, right? So when I came to Georgia, I remember somebody was like, oh my God, you're like, you're black. And I'm like, okay. I never said no because I was, it was just like something that I was like, duh. But I'm like, oh, duh, I am, right? Because they were like comparing me to like, they were comparing me to uh, uh, Alicia Keys and they were comparing me to someone who is African-American but is also a light skin African-American. So I was having this conversation with my aunt the other day 
and you know when I, she's you know Dominican Morenita and stuff like that and she was telling me she was like oh well you know I you know we have to embrace the fact that we're Tainos and Europeo and all that stuff and I'm just eating my food because I, I didn't want to like get a bit so I'm eating my food and I'm like yes that is true but do you understand that once you leave New York City or when you go to a place like Florida or LA you're black mm-hmm. because black is a race, right? Uh, Dominican is not a race. Dominican is a culture, mm-hmm. not a race. And I think that we need to understand that. Mm-hmm. So Julissa, you were in, grew up in Miami where I grew up and we felt the di- a different energy unlike New York. Cause I grew, I moved between New York and, and Miami which is why I say New York is where my home is. Mm-hmm. Miami, there's a lot of disparity. There's a lot of uh, differences within those spectrums of people who are Latino and they point out the indigenous people and they point out blackness in people, you know, and mainly people like to blame Cubans for that, but everybody does it. So oh, yeah. That, that, can you share something, Some share about your experience within that Miami reality about being black and Latina? Yeah, I don't. Th- I I grew up with like I was like Sasha. Like we, you. I grew up amongst like a bunch of Latinos, but I grew up in Carroll City, right? So a black ass neighborhood. But I wasn't a black girl. Com- like to what to my, in my high school in my middle school, I wasn't black because I spoke Spanish. Yeah. So in my household, I was being told I wasn't black, right? Because I had a racist ass daddy, and. That and not learning, you know, that we are our ancestry. I wasn't taught that. And then I go outside and outside of my house, even though I looked like this, um, I wasn't. I wasn't a. I wasn't a black girl uh, uh, considered mm. to like the African American community. Like I remember dating a Haitian. My fr- one of my first boyfriends was a Haitian boy. And I remember in high school having problems, and and the African American girls just being like, "Fuck you!" Like, why you like the the bullshit that we have perpetuated on ourselves, um, and and them talking crazy to me because I was the Spanish girl. But within like me going to like other houses, like maybe my Cuban homegirls' house and stuff, they'll be like, "Hola, hola, negrita!" Like they'll make sure. Yeah. Those Cubans in Miami made sure that I knew que yo era una negrita. Mm. So it was weird. I feel like. I didn't get to understand who I was and what I was until I went away, like how Sasha was talking, until I went away to Gainesville, Florida, was smack in the middle of Florida, racist ass place where there was literally Confederate flags. I went away for school there. And that's where I really learned who I was and what people, the world saw me as, because most of those people didn't come from Miami. These are people that came from New Orleans and Georgia and all around the country to this predominantly white school. And to them, when they would see me, they'd be like, what, are you mixed, like black and white? Like that's what, and I would, in in reality, I was like, well, we are kind of mixed, but I didn't know how to explain that, but it took me to get to college to fully understand I'm a black woman. I I am a black woman. I am also a Dominican woman. I don't even claim like the, the European and the Taino stuff because at the end of the day, I don't relate to that. I, growing up, related to being a black girl. Like, I related to the culture. I related to the music. I related to all of those things. So for me, I am a black girl. Like, I am a black woman. Yeah. Ooh. You were in, Los- in California, San Diego. So in California, it's it's there's yet another uh, uh, dynamic because you're, they, black Latinos here, are not something that's 
popular, right? And so mm-hmm. here it's about everybody who's Latino is Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. So everywhere you go, because in New York, you're either Puerto Rican or Dominican. In Miami, you're either Cuban. You go to Central Florida, then you're Puerto Rican. And then you go to California and you're Mexican or Central American. And even within Me- Mexican, the Mexican reality, people from El Salvador and Guatemala and Honduras are always saying, we're not Mexican either. Like, how was that yeah. in San Diego? Uh, for San Diego, you're talking to me, right? Yeah, San Diego. That's in case. I remember in San Diego, um, I, you don't hardly see any dark Latino. So it was it was weird. So a lot of times I'll date a... This is, this is only a show que uno pasa siendo negro y latino. Y, y cuando yo salía con una mexicana, I would go into the household, meet the parents. Just because I know how parents are, I would talk Spanish right away. So I could be like, which sucks because I know how I look like when I look, when I walk into the room. When you're white, you don't, you don't think about your color when you walk into a room. When you're black, you're like, you think about that shit all the time. And, and when somebody treats you a certain way, you automatically think es porque uno es negro. So walking in meeting like with my ex-girlfriend's parents, I was right away speaking Spanish. So like that, they could understand that. I'm actually Latino, not American black. So I um, I have a comment here that it says, I want to see someone darker than a paperback in this discussion. Fuck that person, hey Rebecca Idols. Fuck you, man. That's that bullshit. This that, that like y'all want to come, let's go. That's one of the things you you mentioned that earlier about Amara La Negra. I hope she's watching this and she's listening too. That's always a problem. I heard this a lot of times of people saying, "Oh well, y'all not this, y'all not y'all not dark enough for this." Like, why? What are you talking about? What do I look like when police shoot? Police ain't ask. Police ain't put in a paper bag next to me to tell me, "Wait a second, does she pass this test?" We passed that. We in 2020, and right now in 2020, we black regardless of skin yeah. color. I'm tired mm-hmm. of that shit. Like, because we light skin, what does that mean? What my hair look like? What my what my face look like? What do my features look like? Rubia. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, that I'm shit pisses me off. Rubia. Rubia. <laughs> like, come on, right. The thing is that last week, Rebecca, I had a show and Gata was here, who is a black Panamanian, and she had we had a conversation about this, right? So the, the fact that now we have to monitor and we have to make sure that, you know, we are uh, policing ourselves and, and policing other people's blackness is, is part of the problem with why we're mm-hmm. dealing with this. And when people say, this is the other thing about the anti-blackness thing that I have made it a point to speak it everywhere I go. Every time they talk about anti-blackness, they always want to point it out in the Latino community where mm-hmm. anti-blackness exists in Asia, in Africa, in Australia, in the mm-hmm. black community in America, anti-blackness exists within colorism, which is why Spike Lee did a whole movie. I keep talking about called School Days and you need to watch it. Mm-hmm. So when we have these conversations about, um, you know, um, pe- we have to learn to give everyone uh, respect other people's experiences, because just because it doesn't look like yours does not mean that the experience is not valid. All right. Now we got I get what you're saying. I just don't understand the whole anti-blackness, right? Like when people say anti-blackness, like I look like this, right? I am this color, but my family is dark and my, my cousins are black. 
So when yeah. I step out into this world, that is my identity. As you see me, and I understand, but you know, I'm not white. I'm not white, bro. Like, and I understand that there are people that you know look my complexion, and and obviously we've been in the stigma where it's like we have to straighten our hair because if we leave it curly then you don't have your hair done, right? That's a stigma that we've been feeding ourselves. Like, um, I think it was Alisa Acevedo that says, like, it's like we're swallowing this pill of amnesia where we're not trying to accept our Afro-Latinidad. But, you know, honestly, when this whole curly shit happened, I was like, finally, <laughs> finally, right? Yeah. Because, and then, you know, just being in this world, but like, when I speak, I speak from my family and I speak from the people that I grew up with and I speak from the culture that I resonate with. And I, that's why I say that I am black because yeah. I am not white. And when people look at me, that's why I did that video where I was just like, my man, do you understand? Because I, that was the thing, right? Somebody said, uh, called us Afro-Latina, right? And then some people are like, Afro-Latina, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That means you don't understand it because you have not left you are not your home. You have not left your home. But as soon as you walk into the white world, you are black. Black like a Zendaya, you are black like a Zoe Kravitz, you are black like an Alicia Keys, you are black like a Halle Berry, you are black. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they I, know, I did, like, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I did learn something new. I didn't know Alicia Keys was black, but um, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. I, but I do want to add something. You know, um, we we are. I am a lighter uh, black Latino. And that comes with certain privileges, and yeah, I will, I'm with, I'm, and I'm witness to that with my sister being darker, me being always with her. And I see how people treat me versus how they treat her, and it's true. It truly impacted her in the sense that, like, she thought she was no good for life. She thought she was not gonna amount to anything. She knows that when somebody meets her, she really see that they really see how dark she is, you know. Um, and a lot of times we do have these certain privileges that when we talk to experts. With, when we talk to experts about Afro-Latinidad, they're usually lighter color black guys. So, you know, we we should talk about it more. We should represent more of the darker hue. Uh, it's our job to use, I mean, whatever privileges that we have to represent the rest of us. But I mean, this is also a conversation that we do need to continue having. Yeah, but you know, I and that, no, but it's true. I, I need to get three of you on the show for specific reasons, right? Because yeah. you are my friends. And we share in this experience, right? But I didn't look yeah. at the color wheel and say, let me bring three light, like, like, uh, light skinned Latinos. And the reality is about this show is that I do this show every week. And last week, um, La uh, Gata was on the show, who, who's a historian, a reggaeton historian, who is a dark skinned Black Latina and actually spoke on the experience. So when people come and try to indict me for what am I doing? I don't mm -hmm. separate my shows. I, I produce my own show and I bring who I want to bring on the show. That's and I'm true. not going to let anybody bully me and saying I don't, I'm not having a valid conversation because it doesn't suit someone's personal taste. The truth is that I try to address it all. And I don't know how mm -hmm. many Americans you know are doing shows about, you know, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and, and all of the stuff that we're talking about, but it's just very, uh, it's frustrating when once when they point out one thing and say, "But you did this," and yeah. then want to say, "Fuck it, That's I'm true. not gonna do anything because the truth yeah. is, it doesn't matter what I cry. There's always it always comes with drama." But anyway, that's, that's a that's yeah. a thing. Uh, that's a thing. I, I, I like just like what Gabriel was saying. I'm not I'm not like 
saying that's not a thing that lighter skinned black people do not have a, a, a privilege over dark skinned black people. But that's the problem right there, right? Because we do that shit to ourselves and we're yeah. like calling you out. Well, because you're a little light skinned. What are you talking? Like, that's the problem. Like, let's let's cut the bullshit and stop talking about that because they're already putting it on us. And this is the thing that we that's have true. created within ourselves. Oh, so you're a little bit better. What, what are you talking about? That's not true. We're still in this household. Me and my brothers yeah. are all different shapes. I got a lot way lighter skinned brother than me. And then I have un moreno, like dark skinned. And then I have a brother that's a little bit darker than me. When the police raid that house, Police ain't come and talk about, hey, you light skinned people, move to the side. We, we walk That's to true. That's true. That bitch going down. Yeah. So when we do, when we talk in this, like, you can't tell me my experience is not valid. You can't tell yeah. me because you're true. a little darker than me. We can't say that. Like, no, you have no idea what I have been through. You have no idea. When I was in college, I went to the University of Florida and I had a white ass roommate. My first roommate. A girl from the middle of smack nowhere. This girl left me a note on my door one day telling me to not be loud when I walked in because I was always loud, supposedly, when wow. I walked in, right? My, I know I'm loud. Well, you are, you are, the, you are pretty loud right now. Yeah, I know I'm a loud person, but what, you, what you're not going to tell me is that I was disrespectful when I would walk in when you were sleeping because that wasn't the mm. case. And what you're not going to do is when you have my number, leave a note on my door so the whole dorm room sees it. Okay. And then in the morning when I call this girl out, what does she do? She cries victim, white tear. Like, you can't tell me that that experience is not of another black woman that's darker than me. There is no, there's no difference right there when we're talking about how the world looks at us. It's not just a white world in Los Angeles or in the middle of, of, the, country, of the country. No, it's a white world. Period. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we we can't separate ourselves like that. We can't. It's like you look to the left. Tu tienes un monedito hermano. That's what. That's what I represent. That's what we about Latino families that a lot of, of people don't understand because of the colonization that happened on the islands. With our children, our families, our brothers and sisters, and our cousins, we hit the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. of, you know of of the of the color, the color spectrum. So my brother's nickname is Chino, right? And then I'm La Negra, and I, and and it depends on who you're talking to, because to some people I'm La India, and then you know my sister's white, or they think she's white, but she has kinky hair or, or coarse hair, whatever the the, pro, the appropriate term is. But the thing is that we have so much if, of it in our our DNA because of all of the uh, we were, you know. Our islands were Taino natives that were, yeah. they brought African slaves there and then was colonized by Spain. And you see it, you will see the darkest person with blue eyes. And then you see mm -hmm. it's so alive in our communities that when we start having these conversations, we cannot afford to separate ourselves further within ourselves because we don't have, we're not afforded that opportunity because when you're Dominican, you're, you are also hearing, go back to your country, immigrants. You're not from here. And then you are hearing uh, from white Latinos saying, look at the black people. And then you hear the black American people saying, you're not really black. So there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a, speci a specificity to being a, a darker hued Latinos that we cannot afford to further divide ourselves because we are exactly. many, you know, division. There's so much division. Yeah. And 
yeah. Okay. I ahead. think, and no, because even like how you said the cons- the complexity of that. That's why I'm not talking about the media right now. I'm talking about even within families, right? So mm-hmm. it's true. You have like you could have a white, 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 white cousin because it's true. You think un primo que es chino, right? And he es blanquito. And then I have my dark, 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 dark cousin que morenito. So and then we just call each other Latino because we all speak Spanish, and that's why I guess for Latinos it's so different because that's how we separate ourselves because we often think that we're a different entity and we're a different race but because we're so mixed it's so hard for us to be like to find an identity within America yeah it's well I mean because we have we, we have a hard time uh, deciphering between race and nationality mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people understand that you the three of you have taken to social media to really bring an awareness to Afro Latinidad. And regardless of what, how it happens, and if it has something to do with the institutions involved, celebrating lighter skinned people or whatever it is, you still have brought an awareness to what it is to be black and Latino. And, and, and creating conversations that were not being had before, you know, your platforms, you know, reached the masses that they did. So I wanted to say, uh, ask you, how much of a responsibility do you feel to talk about that? Because after a while, I don't know if you feel it. It feels like a job, like just to to address <laughs> Afro Latinidad all unto itself, because it's become something that it is mainstream, and some people are co-opting. And you know, you you all have used your voices for it. Gadiel, you look like you want to say something, so we'll start with you. Yeah, no, no, I, I love talking about it. I don't get tired because. Um, Every time I go back to my country, I see everybody, they, they think they're white and they're black. You know, uh, I, right now, the more I talk about it, I noticed that my father didn't talk about it before. And now he's talking about it a little bit more. And I think we're awakening now, not only people from the Dominican Republic, but all Afro-Latinos from all over the place are realizing, mm-hmm. Pero we come from Africa. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. What was our religion? I'm learning more about the African religion now, about the the Oguns, the the Yemaya, the, the thing that they they, they uh, demonized before because it was black. I'm learning more about it, and I'm learning more about blacks in in Brazil. So the more that uh, we talk about it, the more people know about us, but also more of our own black people are waking up. Mm. Yeah, I I think it's important because it's all about dismantling that that lie right because you're lighter you're better it's a lie right and you know being able to just show people that you know there is an oppression obviously that's happening in america where it's like you know there's systemic racism racism and all this stuff and you want to make sure that you know within that whole community like obviously we are all in this shit together. Like, seriously. Like, we're all fighting the same. We want it to be equal. We want all this stuff. And it's like, it's true what Gadiel said. You go to DR and people don't understand that they are black. That they are black. And one thing for sure, this is this is a point, right? Where I was talking to my friend, right? And he's African-American. And he was like, and he tells me that he, like, he was like, man, it's so cool, like, how being Dominican, you know your culture. Because the African American culture was taken away from African Americans, no. right? So they had to, they had to create their own culture. They have, and they have, and they created hip hop, and they created so many amazing things, right? 
But even when I think about the Dominican culture, even though we see ourselves as Dominican being a race and it's not a race, we have been, we consider ourselves a tribe. Like a lot of times, you know, Dominicans, we consider ourselves a community. And yes, there's colorism within the Dominican Republic because that's a fact. People want to look lighter and whatever. And then the darker, you know, they'd be like, no, 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 But you understand, like, we, we protect our culture tooth and nail, tooth and nail. No, no, venga aquí con tu vaina. Esto mío, esto mío. Like, we, we protect our culture tooth and nail. And even us looking within our culture and not realizing that we're black, we are we are protecting the blackness. We are protecting our blackness without even knowing that we're black. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like again, going back to la, la comida, mangu, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. You know, eh, la, la the, tambora, rice and beans. the rice and beans, where did that come from? Where did that come Plata from? And, I remember, and I'm dating like this guy who's Nigerian and like I would show him like little things here and there that Dominican culture do. He's like, oh, that's like Nigeria. Oh, that sounds like a Nigeria. And I'm like, we Dominicans are protecting our African American, uh, African sorry, not African American culture, our African culture without even realizing it. Well, I didn't, mm. know, I didn't know about this Nigerian, so obviously I need an update. But we'll have. Right, girl, she, she tried to marry black. Marry black. <laughs> really? She went back to the motherland and picked them up. There was a whole different conversation, but um, so apparently you are going through from continent to continent. So, um, do when you uh, identified the role that you were playing, was that originally written for an Afro Latina? Yes. It was written for a black Mexican. Okay. Uh, that's kind of what they wanted. They wanted a girl that was a black Mexican girl. I guess that's right. That's what they call black Mexican, right? A black yeah. Mexican girl from East LA. Um, and then they switched it over to a Dominican girl, obviously, uh, when I came in. But you know, it was interesting. Yeah, they kept saying like I was not. I was not a what they wanted right and it, which is crazy to me because we think of like oh well is it because of the accent like why is that but they ended up switching it to dominican girl to fit me but that's the whole like i think that's also like a stereotype in saying like we i can't be a black mexican girl um mm. because like which is i'm sh i know I, I know two girls right now right yeah i know two girls right now that could be my sisters that could look just like me and they're black and mexican so Within mm -hmm. us and within our community, we, we also have to, there's so much shifting. Specifically, I think a lot of Mexicans, especially because I'm here in LA, um, that's why I'm talking about it. Um, not because of anything against Mexicans, because I love me the Mexican culture. Um, yeah. But specifically because we're here in Los Angeles and I'm around so many Mexicans, a lot of Mexicans deny a lot of where they come from. Like they're very, like how they say Dominicans are racista. Los mexicanos son racistas, señores. And, and the crazy is, is the, a lot of Mexicans are racist against their even like Indian blood, which is like yeah. they just don't want no parts unless they're white. Because what's her name, Yarita? I forget her last name, but the the young lady who was nominated for an Oscar, the white Mexicans were mad that she looked like the India and she was representing them. So yeah. it's it, it's ridiculous how how this doesn't. It's it's just all white. It's, it's white needs to be right. Everything else is supposedly off to the side which is mm. crap. And then we, when we talk in 2016, I recently shared a video in 2016, Mexico did a census and 
um, in La Costa, like by Oaxaca and Guerrero off of the coast, there are so many black people. The census in 2016 had, yes, in the census in 2016 had 1.6 million people in Mexico identified as Afro-Mexican. And so we're talking mm. about 1.6 million people that filled out the census and were accounted for. How about all of those people that were not accounted for? Mm. So we just about yep. to negate all of those people and say, oh, no, in Mexico no hay negro. En cada, en cada país Latinoamérica hay negro. Period. Mm -hmm. So like this whole this whole thing of just us being like, well, we're, we're a little bit more Indian. We're, no, we're all black. Like Jane mm -hmm. Eddie said, 280,000 years ago, every person was a black person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, all, and as much as you get away from the equator and as much as you get away from these areas that are that are uh, heat and where the sun is blazing, you are taking away your melanin. But that does not mm -hmm. mean that you don't come from the motherland. Also, I don't even know why people want to be white. Like that shit bland <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> because they, they love mayonnaise. Um, yo, I just don't get it. Like, I don't want to be white. I don't. That's not right to me. Like, I, I don't understand that. So we have uh, we have uh, several conversations on the show every week. We bring a different perspective. We talk about people of color. We we talk about issues of people of color. And um, I think it's important to talk about issues that have to do with women within the Lat the Latino spectrum. One thing that I noticed growing up, like I, there was this fascination with uh, Dominicans with saying that they were Italian, like some of some of the, these Dominicans that I knew, and um, always the in Cuba, yeah. I have pure Castilian blood. I have pure Castilian Spanish blood. You know, I'm from the Canary Islands. Then in uh, you know, in Puerto Rico, you you hear, you know, I have I'm Spanish, and a lot of a lot of there's like this pride in being associated with a European group that makes you uh, uh, you know presumptively because people don't see you that way no matter how much spanish blood you have if you're if you're black you're black um but what i wanted to ask you guys that ask you each was you know when we talk about the dominican republic specifically and the three of you are all dominican and i'm puerto rican and dominican a lot of people I had a conversation with George Ramos about this, and, and I think it's important for us to talk about how race was politicized in the Dominican Republic, because the truth of it is, is that people don't realize that there were consequences, legal consequences. There was terrorism involved in claiming your blackness in the Dominican Republic. And that is that generational trauma transcends and people don't understand that. With, with regards to the Dominican Republic specifically, there is still that in there, you know? So uh, I wanted you all to talk about that because I grew up uh, more Puerto Rican because I grew up with my mother's family. And mm -hmm. a lot of the education that I've had about the Dominican Republic has come from my brother who I met recently, you know, my father had families and um, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. but. You, you are connected directly to the experience. And it, we indict people and we're so quick to condemn because when we're bitter, we don't want to move forward and we want to stay in 
and the bitterness. But those of us who are really trying to move forward and move our people forward, we want to have conversations that are productive. So when we talk Absolutely. about the Dominican Republic, a lot of times people like to point out that Dominicans are self-hating black people and that they're racist and that, but they don't understand the generational trauma that comes along with being Dominican. Mm -hmm. So I want mm -hmm. you to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we all know Trujillo, right? Everybody yeah. knows, in this room at least, we know who Trujillo is. Rafael Trujillo was the ruler of Dominican Republic for almost 30 or 31 years, something like that. Think about that. And you and he was as racist as they come. He will line you up and he will kill, he will kill you based off of your color. He will kill the Haitians. Yeah. He wouldn't let yeah. the Haitians even come over. So you gotta mm -hmm. think about if of someone 30 years planting these seeds in people's minds and people everywhere in this country, how do you just uh, how do you think? And this was up until 1961, I think he died, something like that. That's not that long ago. That's like Absolutely. 40 years ago. Think about how now we are dismantling all of that and trying to figure it out. And it's because when you, just like in your household, it's nurture, right? In your household, see, that dicen a ti que tú tienes pelo malo for 15 years or your, 18 years of your life when you're living in that household, it's going to take you some time when you get out yeah. of the household to understand que yo no tengo el pelo malo, quien viste? Mm -hmm. But it takes mm -hmm. time, it takes education, it takes knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think right. we have to just be a little more sensitive when we're talking about something like a, a Dominican Republic where the ruler, an asshole of Trujillo, a super racist man ruled that country and murdered and slaughtered dozens and dozens of people based off of the color of their skin and their hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I remember one time my grandfather from my dad's side, um, he was like, I can see that Tolentiano de afuera de, de la República Dominicana que sacaron todo. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, pero tú, tú eres manero que Peña Gómez. You know, I'm like, I'm like, so he's a Dominican like, candidate. Yeah, he's like a Dominican. So I'm like, so I'm like, you know, I'm looking at him and I am just puzzled because I'm like, this is, mm -hmm. this self hate is so crazy, right? So I remember I went on a panel and I was talking about it and I'm like, you know, I can tell my grandfather like, oh, you're wrong, but he's also 90. He's almost out the door. Like, what, what am I going to do to like, Changes my, I mean, he died, but you know, I'm like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to educate my nieces, my nephews, the youth. We need to educate the youth because of that fear that was instilled in the Dominican culture where you're like, negro. No, yo no soy negro. Hey, yo yep. no soy negro. I was a yeah. negro. And it's just like, yeah. do you understand what I'm talking about? And that's yeah. why mm -hmm. I say that Dominican Republic became a, like, we have more of a tribe mentality. Because it's like, you know, we have been, it, it, what was the word that Trujillo has somebody say? You have them pronounce the word and if they couldn't pronounce it right, he would yes. shoot them. Uh, because yeah. the Haitian tongue is a little different. Um, he yeah. would shoot them. The part, it was, it was, you talk about the Parsi, yeah, you talk about the Parsi massacre? Perejil. Perejil. If you couldn't say Perejil, bang, you dead. You did. So, uh, Shanae, if you can get Amara La Negra or Juju or any of them to respond to my DMs so that they can come have this conversation with me, yeah. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, I think mm -hmm. that one of, uh, you know, I, and I think as, as we have these conversations right. and the divisive tools of continuously pointing out, but the Black people, but the light-skinned people are talking about the Black people, it gets exhausting, right? Because then you see that there are dark-skinned, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, Latinos who don't give a fuck about having the conversation. They're getting their bag, yeah. and like, you know, whatever. But but it doesn't matter. If we're having the conversation, we're having the conversation. And I do address mm -hmm. the comments and I do address what people say because I see that there are a lot of people who showed up this week who were not here last week when Lagata was talking about uh, what she was talking about. This show is not about Afro-Latinidad. This show is about having conversations from people of color and their perspectives and they are mm -hmm. all about it. What uh, regardless of what uh, their the hue of their skin is, that is right. the, the show the show that I've chosen to do. And so when we start talking about this, you know, I, and and people telling me you can't call yourself black. And in Miami, some they used to call me white girl when I was in um, in 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 high school, and I was like. Um, you know, I, I the and the funny thing is that I got called white in high school, and then when I went to college, because I went to Florida State in Tallahassee, I remember that uh, somebody made a mistake on my paperwork and put a W, and this white lady in the registrar's office was like, "I'm not registering you until they fix this," because somebody made a mistake and said that you were white, and you are obviously not white. Mm -hmm. and I, lady, I can't. You know, my financial aid got a lot to do with that not that W not being on there, so I would like to. <laughs> off as soon as possible right that's funny, so that's funny. yeah we are always you know it's exhausting because when we it, you know the funny thing is that white supremacy's work is so uh, is so uh alive in everything that we do even when we have mm -hmm. these conversations you see people pointing out but they're light-skinned but they're not dark-skinned and all of the stuff that's all a result of the white white supremacy and we cannot mm -hmm. we cannot um perpetuate it because if we start having these conversations and diluting you know whose pain is is valid and whose isn't will never get anywhere um mm -hmm. and, that, and that is why i'm very careful about not demonizing dark-skinned black people with the issues that i had with with dark-skinned black girls and then the white yeah. girls i was in the middle of this weird thing and, and i always have said it's none of our fault is white supremacy's work because white supremacy mm -hmm. created this bullshit where we have these disparities and that is how they fight us um, Go ahead. Absolutely. No, I'm just saying, like, a lot of people think that it's just happening in America, and that's also a problem, that we think that it's mm. only here in America. The best thing that white people did was go and divide and conquer. That's how they mm -hmm. did it, and they did it everywhere. It wasn't... I remember when I went to Australia, and I started to learn the culture in Australia and how white people came, they killed all the aboriginals, they enslaved all the aboriginals, and how they, it, it's just like they kept doing it in every fucking island. They just came in like, oh yeah, uh, this, uh, yeah, we own it. It's like, it's not only happening in America, it's happening everywhere. So for people not to believe in white, that white supremacy exists, it's crazy. It's like, that means that you're not, you're not, you know, trying to see or understand different parts of the world. Because it's happening everywhere. No, that just means your ass is sleepwalking in life if you don't yeah, fucking know exactly. that white supremacy ever. I'm just trying not to call people dumb. That's all I was trying to say. They dumb, Sasha. No. Yeah, they dumb. They dumb. Come they on dumb. up. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. There's we a the rabbit fence. Uh, this Australian movie about how they took um, the dark, the black people and the Aboriginal uh, children, and then they they try to indoctrinate them into white culture so that they can marry white people. And what? So that they can um, get whiter and whiter as they go along. Uh, yeah, and that's a, and that's the thing. Like we got to deal with it in two languages, right? Like we got to deal with it. <laughs> you know, like people don't realize that it, it happens. Um, 
So what would you like to see um, in terms of the media landscape? Because the media does feed all of this, right? So they do mm -hmm. they do favor a lighter skin person. I, I'm the light skin one in my house. My two children are both black and they're darker than I am. I, I utilize my privilege for whatever I can and however I can to make their lives better. But the reality of it is, is that it can't make their lives that much better because white America hates me too. <laughs> and yeah. I don't understand that. So when we have this, they only favor us amongst each other, right? They're only like you, not like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's it's all, not, yeah. I want you at my dinner table. Um, yeah. So, um, we yes, we do have these conversations, and we do talk about how Latinos discriminate against other Latinos and have anti-blackness across the board. You know, because we all have heard "adelantar la raza," marry somebody lighter than you, um, and you know, it's it's just so sick all over the place. When you think about uh, the future, like what is it that you would like to see for our Black Latinos and 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 in terms of the media and the landscape of of entertainment. So um, I, I I want I want to add one thing. Nosotros los Latinos, the Black Latinos, like um, I think that we the the I feel like the center of Afro Latinidad has centers around Haiti because the Haitian Revolution was the first time Black people rose up and created their own independence. There were slaves mm -hmm. that killed their master and created a nation, right? So, so, so they killed all the white people, all of all the French that were over there. The United States of America went back, France also went back and had them pay reparation over $10 billion, bankrupting their treasury to make an example out of them that no black slave in all of Latin America will dare to stand up to their white masters. Mm. When, and, and to answer your question, what I would like to see in the future is for France to pay back Haiti all their reparations. Yup. Yup. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, because they were they were brave as fuck, bro. And in Miami, there was a lot of anti-Haitian sentiment and they would talk uh, shit about Haitians and tell, say mm -hmm. that they ate cats and they were dirty. And I always used to say, we should all say thank you to Haitians because Haitians, mm -hmm. you know, kick the door down for all of our liberation. And listen, no one on this show or this panel has ever ran away from the fact that we are lighter. We are, that, that, that's the reality of it is. But we all have conversations with light-skinned people too. We're, we're never gonna have the, get hear all the stories because the stories need, everyone had, that is a person of color has experienced some level of discrimination. And we do know about the, the paper bag test. And we do know that dark, lighter skinned Latinos turn around and do the shit to black people. They do it in America. They do it in Louisiana. I'm Geechee, I'm Creole, I'm this. Uh, you know, Latinos have all these words, which I wanted to, to ask you about. I thought it was funny that Latinos, because I'm writing about it, have all these cold words for blackness, not to say black, right? And it's mm -hmm. moreno, molleto, halal, like all of these things. <laughs> you're light skin, but you got you got curly hair, or you got freckles, so that makes you like more special, which is are ludicrous. What are some of the words that you heard that you thought were funny? Because I thought it was I, I can't name them all, but I know we got a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. It's like that. 
And they say red bone in English. Yeah. Yeah. Thing though that that in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, Indio is a compliment and a come up. But when mm. people say Indio, it's an insult because it means you're from Central or South America. Yeah. And how they they fuck all up because we got all of these ideologies that are so false and they all rooted yeah. in white supremacy. But you hear them say, "Oh, it's a India." That means she's either Nicaraguan or from Honduras. And it's such it's so ridiculous to hear that. So, yeah. but I, I, yeah. I think Havao is funny as well. Um, so listen, I want to know about work in your workspace where you're working now. How is the intersection of being Latina and being black in this climate being affected? Or how do you how did how does it feel in in the world with post George Floyd? Breonna Taylor keeps saying her name. She's not trending anymore, and I'm really pissed about that. You know, like it's happening all over the place. It's happening to Latinos too. How are you? Uh, how do you feel within your platform, within your world, about what's happening in the world right now? Well, I feel like it's very important to be very, very vocal, right? And like just reading one of the comments on somebody saying, oh yeah, like, you know, they're all light-skinned and none of them are Afro, uh, none of them are really Afro, right? It's like, you know, if my light-skinned mixed ass, right, has to speak up so that my black family could push forward, mm. then that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Because I'm not, mm. if I don't talk about it, like you just want me to be part of the problem and act like nothing's happening, like, it is just, it, so I am affected by all these things because we are in a place right now where it's like, absolutely, like we're in the middle. You know, we identify with, you know, with the African-American culture. We identify with being black. We identify with, you know, some of our, our light-skinned uh, people in our family and stuff like this. But it's like, that's why it's very important that we have this open conversation and understand that we all are by fighting the same battles. And like yeah. we don't have we don't have the time to be separating ourselves like this. Mm -hmm. And like and it's important for me to like that's why I do what I do to try to dismantle this this idea because you're lighter, you're better. That's not true. That's not true. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. So they're lighter, so they're old. That's what you're saying, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you know what? I, I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time now. Yeah, um, I walked into like this world of you know, if you guys know, I, I started in theater, but people don't know that, or people don't want to know that or accept that. Um, so they say I started a video uh, at BuzzFeed, and what my first video ever at BuzzFeed was Pelo Bueno, Pelo Malo. I had no idea about videos. I had no idea how to edit a video. I had no idea how to produce a video. And I was not told how to make these videos. And no video ever at that in that platform had talked about anything of blackness, right? I was the first mm -hmm. person to come in and do that. 
And I mm-hmm. didn't, it wasn't like a, a conscious decision. I was just speaking my truth. So mm-hmm. in saying that, how can we sit there and talk like what, like, you know, what, what Tasha said, how can we sit there and say, oh, you, this whole dark skin, light skin thing, because I came in there talking the truth of, man, y'all, y'all just don't accept us, right? Period. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about me being a light skin girl. So I think from the beginning of that until now, I will continue to talk about it. I will continue to, to, to say my shit and talk my shit exactly how I do it, regardless of how people feel about it. But I do think um, in a positive, uh, in a positive, like to shed positivity on it. I do think that I get a lot of great feedback from people being like, damn, thank you. I didn't know that. Or, or mm-hmm. thank you for being, including me or, or thank you for mm-hmm. opening up this dialogue. So I, I will say that I do think that all of us, we all have this platform for a reason. And I think that we're moving, we're moving the needle where we are helping people. We are helping people to understand we are allowing the conversations to be had. I know that I have had so many people contact me to talk to me about how my um, Oprah magazine essay allowed them to have conversations in their household that they would have never otherwise spoken about because in Mm. their household, I was someone who they knew. So I think Mm. that we're doing the right thing. Conversations like this, regardless of the bullshitting people that come on here to talk about the nonsense and say whatever they're saying, I think that we're we're doing the work. Period. We're doing the work, and and that's mm. all that matters. Yeah. And, uh, and and another thing too that I wanted to say, right, is this thing of like when we're talking about colorism and we're talking about you know just human things, humanity, just humanity. People want to make it a, a political thing. That's left. That's right. That's we're not talking oh about God. politics. I'm not talking about no politics. I'm talking about the 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 simple thing of equality of asking for to be equal to asking to have the same um the same platform as other people you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i didn't realize that i went through the systemic racism till yesterday pretty much mm-hmm. i was like oh shit like i'm like oh shit i didn't have tutors oh shit i didn't have like recess like um what was it like extra gym stuff like to do like i didn't have this i didn't have that i'm like oh shit that's systemic racism right there the yeah. fact that i feel me which is sometimes like I'm in the room and honestly, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel inadequate because I'm like, I wasn't given the tools to be successful, to I mean. speak or to be articulate, I, to be a, um, a person that can um, actually um, have conversations with people. Like I was not, I wasn't raised like that. I was raised not, not, not so much in my family, but within my community is like, say something, bitch, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. And I would catch mm-hmm. myself in these meetings getting that upset and just realizing that it's not the, you know, obviously it made me realize like the Bronx did not teach me how to handle these conversations verbally. Mm-hmm. But I it think didn't. that's okay too, Tasha. I think that's okay. No, that's fine. That's... The shit out of and, yo, I, and I think that's fine. You know, I still have that in me, but what if I had a little discussion or a little debate? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel you, I I understand. But the great thing about growing up where we grow up, I'm with Julissa, is that I speak that too. So we can have this conversation, or we can do, you know, we can do this, you know. 
And, and look, the, the truth of it is, is that I invited the three of you here because you're my friends and this is my show and I do whatever I want to do on my show. And I want to have a conversation because the three of you have used your platforms to talk about this stuff. I've invited quite a few people who probably think, you know, I mean, that they're bitter, bigger than me or better than me or just don't want to have the conversation with me because colorism works both ways, right? There's a lot of, there's a, there's some hatred towards me because I'm lighter or whatever. But the truth of the matter is I don't feed that bullshit because to me, that's all ignorance. So, you know, I mean, Charlemagne came and had a conversation with me. Killer Mike had a conversation with me. Yeah. We got to be honest, Latinos shit on Latinos very easily. And we're, we're so, mm -hmm. we want to be the only one. And it's so hard to be to create things with each other because we we are on the takedown sometimes of one another. So right. mm -hmm. how does it feel sometimes being uh, you know in a public on a public forum and you see the hate shit coming from your own people? Absolutely. I'm angry. No, no, Mary, I'll go for it. I mean, I I, I don't. I guess because where I come from is. You gotta learn that there's good and bad, and there's and there's. We grew up with people with saying there's haters, right? We, we grew up with that. Even if you're, you're not having the platform, not having anything, but yeah. I know growing up, it was always like you're gonna always have haters. So I think that I was prepped for that. Versus all a lot of people who unfortunately are not and end up being like crying those caring white tears, like oh my god, I'm attacked. I'm okay with you wanting to tell me whatever the hell you want to tell me. I'm okay with your negative feedback because fortunately for me, and I could talk to about all of you all, we've done the work. So anything mm -hmm. that you bounce into me and you, you come in and send me, it's, that's bouncing off of you. That's because of your own insecurities. That's because of whatever, of whatever darkness you have in you and my light just aggravates it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't think of those things. I, I'm, I'm honestly like, it's it just, it is what it is. You are falling, unfortunately, victim to the bullshit of the world and, mm -hmm. and America and white supremacy and the negativity of wanting to keep the bullshit happening instead of, like you just said, come on, I got show. Talk, talk mm -hmm. what you need to talk mm -hmm. if that's what it is, but let's have these conversations. Let's educate versus bashing because I'm not bashing nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't afford to separate each other right now at this time. Mm -hmm. All hands need to be on deck. Go ahead. Adam. All hands on deck. Yeah. To be honest, like when I do get aggravated. And I, I, I noticed that once I learned I was Afro-Latino and learning the history. And I still have family members that speak that way. And I still get aggravated because I'm just learning about it. And I, and I felt like I was moving through the world always mad. Always mad because, one, I always thought I was white. So I felt like I was lied to, right? I woke up, I'm like, I'm a black man. And I noticed that I fucking hated myself, right? And then the more I learned about the history and I'm like, hold on, is my last name even Del Orbe or is that was the slave master's name? You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, so and, it, and it was just like, I lived my life trying to be the colonizer but I didn't know that, that don't alabamos tanto el blanco that we, like, I will, sometimes I think, what would my ancestors think when they were taken right. and enslaved? What would they think that yo estoy aquí trying to be white? You see what I'm saying? I'm dishonoring my ancestors at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the last conversation I had with my dad, and I told him all of this, and my anger, like, he's like, listen, I've thought about this before, and I felt like the way that you felt. And the best advice that I could give you is forgive, you know? Forgive them because you cannot live your life with this hate and this burden on top of you because it is a way on top of you. 
So he said, the best thing you could do is forgive, keep forgiving people because we're human beings, we make mistakes, and we a lot of times don't know, just like you didn't know before. So right. and, and I, that has helped me lift a lot of hate and a lot of weight off from my shoulders. Yeah, you right. have to educate. It's educating. It's being like, yeah. and yeah. just like you, Gadiel, you saying it took you so long to understand that. We gotta understand that. Just like what we said, like Trujillo, it took him. It was thirty years of him uh, implying all these things on us, and now we have to unlearn it. We also have to have empathy. Like that's a big right. thing because the same way it took you some time to learn it, it's a lot of people just getting to learn. And if we mm -hmm. screaming and shouting and being like, "You idiot! You ethical!" That's not going to work yeah. for a lot of people. So I think the work yeah. that we are doing, I will salute you, Sasha. I will salute you, Gabriel. Ida, you already know. Like, I salute mm -hmm. y'all because we are doing the work of educa of educating because our schools ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, sometimes people look at us and they're like, oh, why you, like, a lot of Dominicans are this complexion or darker. And then you have some white and some, even Chinese people in the Dominican Republic don't get them mm -hmm. twisted. But it's like, you know, why most of us is this color is like we in the Caribbean, we ended up getting slaves first. So we started mm -hmm. that was, you know, that was that happened first. So that mixing that, you know, the the Indians and the, the white and all that, that mixing started first right there. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we need to understand that we have we can we cannot separate ourselves right now. We cannot divide and be conquered. We cannot be. Because if we divide, we get divided. If that's not even a word, I don't even know. Just made that shit up. <laughs> but it, they're going to continue doing the same thing that they've been doing for years and for centuries dividing and conquering. And we cannot afford that. And listen, and one thing that I will always point out from my, my reading and my studying, because I don't just fly off the cuff and just talk about this shit without doing research. Um, mm -hmm. When people talk about slavery in the Caribbean, and I'm and I'm not just talking about Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and Cuba, Jamaica, Trinidad, all of the countries that were colonized, whether it was the Dutch or the British or Spain, um, the slavery was bad everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. In America, it lasted longer. In America, it, the the effects of it has you know is still you see it today with the industrial prison complex, but. It, don't think that Puerto Rico is doing so well because Puerto Rico, you know, cannot uh, file for bankruptcy. The the country is in debt. Haiti mm. owed a lot of money. The Dominican Republic and what it's been, how it's been exploited by the political landscape. And then mm -hmm. you look every country and you see lighter skin uh, slaves. When people say they were in the house, they were still subjected to a lot of abuse. They were still being mistreated and beaten and raped. So we need to stop romanticizing the the uh, what happened to people because of the because dark skinned people had it worse, which is true and valid. Lighter skinned right. people did not have a field day during slavery, and in Puerto Rico they weren't having parties with fiestas and piñatas. They were having their babies drugged by horses, and those were slaves too. They were also kidnapped from Africa who were mistreated by the Spanish and the Spanish, they were not not kind to their slaves. So I, that as we unpack this and we start having these conversations about stuff like that, we need to have an educated conversation. And yes, dark skinned people have it worse, have had it worse historically and still have it worse. Lighter mm -hmm. skinned people Absolutely. better sentences. We're not disputing that. What we're saying is that every single person's journey is valid and you cannot mm -hmm. invalidate it because it doesn't look like yours. 
And if we continue to do that, we will never heal and never be able to have conversations because everybody will always be, but what about, but what about, instead of shutting up with your what about and just hear what that person is saying and perhaps understanding their journey. And, and, and the more we learn to do that, the more we can have conversations like this and then some. And for those of you who want to hear an Afro-Latina's perspective, you can watch last week's episode with La Gata, who will also be coming back because we're having episode two when we talk about Latinos and, and police. But what I will not be is bullied and what I will not be is told who and what I can do on my show, which is why I'm having it in the first place. Because Julissa, Sasha, and Gadiel's journeys are just as valid as everybody else's. And if it does, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you can step away from this and go watch all the other platforms where they never have us have conversations like this and listen mm -hmm. to me tell you what you need to be doing and who you need to be. Um, I want to thank you all for being here. I want people to know what you have going on, how they can always, uh, how they can support you and how they can really understand what's going on in your world and how to show up for you in your particular world. Julissa. Um, just because for me, it's just to continue having the conversation. That's all I want. People just having these conversations and, and like, and when you, when we put stuff out, when I put anything out, support it. Support it because that's the only way we're going to continue to have voices like mine put on platforms to continue these conversations because there's no way I'm stopping talking about what I'm talking about. I started my career like this and I'm going to finish out like this. And Hinta mm -hmm. comes back when? Uh, next year, y'all. Next year. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> you, can go, you can go watch the first season now. It's three on Netflix. Now, yes, please, please go. And if you haven't already, um, please go uh, to my Instagram. You can go to La, at La Julissa. Um, I have in my bio, I have my Oprah Magazine article that I wrote, my essay. And I just feel like we need to have these conversations. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a brilliant, something to my own horn. It's a brilliant uh, starter piece to talk about, to listen, to read, to listen to and talk to other people about. Go share with your friends, go share with your family. Is the first article ever published on Oprah Magazine that was in Spanish, which contributes to saying Black is not just African American or in Africa. Black is all of us. Spanish people are Black, which is why yes. that article was published on the Black Magazine in Spanish. So <laughs> we, you don't have an excuse to tell your your grandma, que ella no puede leer, que ella no sabe, or you can't translate it because yeah. it's there for her to read it as well. I got to say, papá. I'm going to add that in there for you, Julissa. <laughs> gracias, gracias. <laughs> yeah, um, so you can catch me on Instagram on all social medias at Sasha Mercy. And you can also catch a show that me and my lovely co-host, D-Nasty, we've been, um, we put the show together with Fuse called Like, Share, Dimelo. You can mm -hmm. watch the first four episodes on YouTube uh, TV on YouTube's channel, whatever. But there are, I can't wait to share more news about it because it's its gonna keep going, baby, it's gonna keep going. And I think that because we have this platform, I know that we are going to be very vocal about these things and how mm -hmm. we have been affected, you know, with the, with the system, like how we see things, what is funny to us, what, you know, like just, you know, being able to continue em embracing who we are and um, just, just sharing and Gabriel. yeah 
<laughs> yeah, well, I say, you know, but let's, let's keep supporting each other. Uh, anything yeah. Julissa has been, I'm, I'm always, because I'm like the number one hype man for Julissa. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, even you support also all the Sasha work, you know, you, you can find me at Gadiel Del Olbe on my Instagram, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, and I also want to commend Ida, first and oh, foremost, yeah. because I, 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 this what you're doing, this True Serum, it's great. I love the content you've been putting out. I watch it, and I, I watch every time you put something out. So the whole Killer Mike interview, which was great, the shot him in the guy. And if you keep doing what you're doing, because I'm your number one fan, I supported you before I even know you. So, oh. and I'm gonna continue supporting you. And mm -hmm. you're a true leader within our community. I just want to let you know. Thank you for the, all the work that you're doing and supporting us as well. Yeah, and thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for allowing me to. Thank you for allowing me to be able to speak my truth, right? Because mm -hmm. I know, I know, because of where I come from, it's quick to people be like, "Oh, she's ghetto," or "Why she talk like that," or whatever. But I feel like because you talk how you talk, it allows me to be like, "Yep, I can do what I can say what the fuck I want." Absolutely. To say. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, and we'll end on this because we're we're about at an hour. When, especially like in comedy, they would always say, "We that don't do that because it's ghetto, right? The ghetto people, the ghetto people. It, and they try to castrate us on what we say as if people that come from our hood don't deserve a voice. But then mm -hmm. when you look at white people, you got the blue collar comedians who are multi-million dollar comedians, right? They've made so much money talking about being in trailer parks, their version of the ghetto. So the only time the ghetto is a problem is when you're highlighting the ghetto when it comes to people of color, because mm -hmm. Honey Boo had one of the most successful shows on television, and that is what white people call white trash. But when it comes to people of color, don't be ghetto is them trying mm -hmm. to erase what we come from, which is a result of the way of the places that we grew up with in and how we had to survive because of how systemic oppression affected our communities. So I'm sure. a be ghetto, as Dr. Dre said in his song, I'm ghetto like Newport cigarettes. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna That's like I'm grateful. That's right. Because I, I, I didn't get oh. the text, the brand new textbooks. And the teachers were scared to come to my neighborhood and teach me. And because we didn't have the best schools and we were we were surviving mm -hmm. on our way to school. So we are a product of excellence that endured in spite of the circumstances that were thrown on us. So you're never gonna shame me for where I come from because I'm everything I am because the hood loved me. And that's- yeah. mm. No word. I wanna say thank you to all of you who tuned in. Those of you who have differing opinions, that's what this is about. People of color should be able to have different uh, opinions and we should be able to have conversations. Y'all can go on with that light skin, dark skin shit and keep doing the white man's work. I'm going to keep rolling with people of all hues and we going to knock the doors down and we going to make this motherfucking world better for all of us and our children. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I love you all. We're going to like this. Thank you, Ayla. Thank you so much. Have a great day.